Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program. Presenting Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly. and his orchestra open the show with You Know That I Know. a good New Year's resolution for housewives resolved for 1937 to do away with the drudgery of floor cleaning by protecting linoleum and floors with Johnson's Glow Coat. Your home will look brighter and more attractive and your work will be very much easier once your floors are sparkling with a beautiful glow coat polish. You don't have to do any rubbing or buffing when you use Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Just apply and let dry. And watch the floor take on a grand polish without help from you. How long does it take Glow Coat to dry? Only 20 minutes. Ask your dealer tomorrow for Glow Coat, made by the makers of Johnson's Wax and spelled G-L-O hyphen C-O-A-T. Johnson's Glow Coat. Well, Christmas is over. And maybe the McGees can settle down to their usual calm and peaceful existence. And then again, maybe not. Anyway, here in the studio, discussing the new year, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. You know, McGee, I see you haven't the slightest conception of what the holidays mean. Oh, yes, I have. You mean the new year gives you a chance to make a new start. Sure, that is, if you have any idea where you're going. <laughs> but you're just a hitchhiker on the highway of life. <laughs> hitchhiker, huh? Did I ever tell you about Rib Squiggins, little boy? Who? Rib Squiggins. He's been traveling in a trailer for seven years. His boy was born on the road, and he's never lived in a house. Well... Well, sure, one day he was in New York, and Rib shows his kid the Empire State Building. Beautiful, ain't it, Junior? Says Rib. Sure, says the kid, but how do they get it under a viaduct? <laughs> well, 
Did you get the idea, Molly? He says to the sure, kid, I yes? get it, McGee, but I was just wondering. Wondering what? How do they get it under a viaduct? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of auto trailers, McGee, my Uncle Dennis had a lovely one. He named it Time Payment. Time Payment? Yeah. He was always behind in it. <laughs> <laughs> they tell me he went all over the country in that trailer. In fact, till he got to Hollywood, he was just a nomad. And then what? Then he was a yes man. <laughs> well, Uncle Dennis didn't care for California. He liked snow. In fact, he loved snow. I believe that. I get a chill every time I see him. <laughs> has he scun much? Has he what? I says, has he scun much? Scun much what? No, no. Does he ski? Oh. <laughs> Why, certainly. Well, that's what I asked. Can't you decline the verb to ski? Sure, I can decline it. Just offer it to me and see. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean like swim, swam, swum, dive, dove, did, ski, scoo, scun. Has he scun much? Oh, he's scun pretty near all his life. Mm. He learned to ski in Europe. Oh. Everybody schools over there. <laughs> I'll never forget the time I scunned down the roof of our house once when we lived in Canada. We used to put our skis on and let a horse pull us all over. Were you around Hudson's Bay? No, behind Anderson's Sorrel. <laughs> well, what's that got to do with skiing down the roof of the house? Well, sir, that was way back in 1904. Or no, it was hot five. Or was it hot? Well, come to think of it, it was hot two. No, let's see now. I had the Alberta Territory for Johnson's Wax in 1909. I engraved Harpo's portrait on the head of a pin in 1900. <laughs> no, it was 1905. What was? The time I shot the elk with an air rifle and no bullets. You see, the air got so cold, I could breathe into the barrel and it would form a ice. You started to tell about skiing down the roof. Oh. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, sir, I was quite a scour in them days. <laughs> a scour? Yeah. We divided ski runners into three classes. Skiers, scours, and scours. I was a scour, or a first-class skier. Ski Skipper McGee, I was known as in them days. Oh, my. Ski Skipper McGee, the scintillating, scrappy, scrumptious, skillful, ski scooting scale skimmer from Scandahovia to Skagway. <laughs> well, sir, one day I was adjusting my skis, tightening the straps, and rubbing a little Johnson's wax onto the bottom of them. When I looked around and... Oh, it's Elmo Tanner, and he's all excited. Say, did either of you see a little white dog with blue eyes and one red ear, and, and he wiggles when he walks? What? <laughs> Say that again, Elmo. A little white dog. Yeah, a little white dog with, with blue eyes and a red ear, and, and he wiggles when he walks. No. No, Elmo, I don't think we have. Do you mean to tell us you had a dog with blue eyes and one red ear, Elmo? Oh, no, no. I was just looking for one. I'd like to have a little dog like that. Hey, Ted, did you see a little dog with one? <laughs> what was I saying, Molly? Well, it doesn't matter. We've got to stop this foolishness and get downtown. Downtown? What for? Why, we have a dozen packages to exchange and replace and return and some adjustments to be made on the bill. And... You mean you're going to go down and fight that mob just to return? We're going to. Not me. Oh. It was your Christmas as much as mine. Oh. What's the matter, McGee? Oh, I, I feel faint. Oh, got a kind of a fever. A chill. <laughs> feel my forehead. All right. Ouch! Quit frowning. You pinched my fingers. <laughs> Some frown, eh, kid? I don't feel any fever. Did it come on you all of a sudden? Yeah, just like a flash. I, I, I begin to get dizzy. Hmm. Seems real strange that talking about work should bring it on. 
I think I'd better take you home and put you to bed. Oh, no, Molly. It ain't that bad. Ted. Oh, Ted Weems. Come here a minute. What's the matter, Molly? McGee's a sick man, he Mm. says. I'm taking him home and putting him to bed. Oh, I feel terrible. You better go right into this next number, Ted, that... That man in the moon number. We're not playing any number called the man in the moon. Where'd you get that idea, McGee? It says here in the script, the chap in the moon. See? Oh. <laughs> That's an abbreviation for chapel in the moonlight, Igernut. Terry Como's going to sing it. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I guess I was just delirious for a minute. <laughs> I think so, too. Right down. Oh, come on, I'll call a cab. <laughs> Suspiciously sudden, if you'd ask us, considering that Molly had so much work for him to do. But she wouldn't take any chances, and she piled him into bed and called the doctor. So here's McGee at home, looking fairly well, thank you. Molly is talking to the doctor. And it came on him just like that, doctor. On the way home in a taxi, he even made me stop and buy him a cigar to keep up his strength. <laughs> is it serious? Hmm. Well, I can tell you better in just a minute when I see his temperature. Say, take that thermometer away from that radiator. Oh, I, I was just holding it up to the light, Doc, so that I could read it. What's it say, Molly? Heavenly days, 109 and a half. Hmm. And you imagine that, Doc, and I closed last night at 98. <laughs> you better take a thousand shares at the market. I'm going up. He's out of his head. Has he ever been in it? <laughs> Let me see your tongue, McGee. Oh, what for, Doc? You must have seen thousands of them. Stick out your tongue. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Just a slip of the tongue, Doctor. Mm. How long will he be in bed, Doctor? Well, that's hard to say. Got chills, McGee? <laughs> chills? Have I got chills? I feel like somebody was playing jingle bells on my spine with ice cream cones. Thought you had a fever. Oh, I have got a fever. Chuck, you could fry an egg on my forehead. All right. How do you like your eggs, Doctor? Oh, quit, Molly. I'm a sick man. Well, here, Mr. McGee. Give him one of these pills every three hours. Mm. Heavenly days, they're as big as mothballs. Mm. They even smell like mothballs. Why, they are mothballs. <laughs> Yes, so they are. First time I've worn my winter coat this year. <laughs> Very funny. Imagine that. <laughs> keep him quiet. He must think it's serious, McGee. I didn't like the way he laughed when he went out. Heavenly days, maybe you are sick. What do you mean, maybe I am sick? You think I'm faking? Well. There's somebody at the door, Molly. Shall I go see who? You will not. You oh. stay right in bed. I'll be right back. Come right in, Silly. Yes, ma'am. McGee, here's Silly Watson. He brought you some nice chicken soup. Hi, Phil. Much obliged for the soup. Just set it down there on the dresser there, Phil. Yes, sir. You feeling pretty bad, Miss McGee? Oh, Phil, uh, I think I'm going to a better world. Yes, it's my brother's out there now in Pasadena. <laughs> I wasn't talking about California, Phil. I'm a real sick man. Yeah, see, you don't look at you. You got good. <laughs> is, it, is it something contagious? What was that, Phil? I say, is it contagious? Oh, no, certainly not. Only you better not get too close to McGee, silly. Yeah. Yes, ma'am, I guess so. I hope y'all like the chicken soup, Miss McGee. Oh, he loved it, silly. It was very thoughtful of you to bring it. Mmm, smells delicious. Mm. Must have been a nice fat hen. I don't know, ma'am. I only seen it at night. Well, goodbye, ma'am. Now then, McGee, let me raise you up and give you some nice chicken soup. No, I hate chicken soup. Besides, I'm too sick to eat it. <laughs> I'll just lie here and, and, and rest. You mean you'll just rest there and lie? <laughs> If I wasn't so weak, I'd resent that. Say, don't you think a small glass of brandy with a little lemon juice in it would do me good? We haven't any lemons. I knew that. Or, I mean, uh, <laughs> haven't we? Oh, dear. Now who is it? I'm beginning to believe it wasn't worth the effort to be Oh, McGee, here's Mr. McTavish from next door. Hi, Mac. Have a chair. I just come over to inquire as to your condition. Will you be up later in the day? Oh, I don't think so, Mr. McTavish. Ah, uh, that's too bad, lass. Will you be up by morning, laddie? Well, not before morning, Max. Not in my condition. Nice of you to be so interested. Aye. I suppose you're to have perfect peace and quiet. Oh, yes, indeed. Then you won't mind my taking your radio for the evening. Hey, what's Wait, the idea? Wait, Wait a minute here. What? Why, that? Well, of all... Well, he had his nerve coming in here oh, and... Easy, the... Molly, easy. Lassie, at least he didn't bring any chicken soup. Excuse me, lad. I came near to forgetting. Here's something for your improvement. Why, Mr. McTavish, he can't shoot dice while he's sick in bed. Besides, these dice are no good. There's no spots on them. Aye, but there are no dice. There are a couple of bullion cubes. Bullion cubes? Aye. Bullion cubes? What flavor? Chicken. Good day to you. <laughs> bullion cubes. 
Put it on cue. That's the first soup offer we've had that's been on the square. <laughs> oh, dear. Why don't people leave us alone? Well, where'd I put that detective story magazine? Oh, McGee, here's a little girl from across the street. Her mother heard you were ill and sent her over with this. Oh. Well, what is it, little girl? Chicken soup, I betcha. Well, for the white guests, McGee but... means thank you, dear. Mm-hmm. It was real sweet of your mother to think of it. He loves chicken soup. Uh, you betcha, sis. <laughs> you tell your old lady, or your mother, that <laughs> just what I needed. For what? To get my strength back. Where'd it go? Where'd what go? Hmm? I says, where did what go? Yeah, I don't know. Do you? Do I what? No. No what? Hmm? I said, oh, well... McGee, don't excite yourself. And tell your mama, McGee, thanks her very much. Yeah. Now, you bet you said it was a great idea. Chicken soup. Mm. Full of vitamins. Hmm? I says it's full of vitamins. No, them are noodles, I bet you. No. I mean it's full of nourishment. Huh? I... Oh, oh well, maybe we better drop the whole subject. What subject? The chicken soup. Okay. Go on, mister. <laughs> For a swell radio post Just to tell you I love you From coast to coast It's not the money in it, honey That I keep thinking of most It's the chance to romance you From coast to coast Sometimes I start to pour out my heart in writing But to a mic the words sound more exciting so if I get work on the network, honey, I'll sing you a toast. When I broadcast, I love you from coast to I'm not much of a poet, but I have here a few lines that I've been slaving over for days. Good or bad, I want to share them with the world. Will you listen? If your floors are dull and dingy, 
and you don't know what to do, just apply a little glow coat and watch them shine like new. Your friends will give you compliments. Your floors will take the prize. They'll look so clean and sparkling, you won't believe your eyes. I, uh, I should have put a line in that verse about glow coat drying in 20 minutes without rubbing or buffing. And I should have mentioned that glow coat is made by the makers of Johnson's Wax and is spelled G-L-O hyphen C-O-A-D. And I should have mentioned that you save money when you buy the larger sizes, but then <laughs> you already know those things. Well, now back to 79 Wistful Vista, where surrounded by bowls and bowls of chicken soup, Fibber is winning his way back to recovery from whatever he had, if any. How are you feeling now, McGee? Better? Can I get you anything? Well, you can get me the evening paper, Molly. The fellow's been as sick as I have. He likes to know what's going on in the world. Go on. You only went to bed this noon. And you haven't acted very ill either. Why, Molly, is that any way to talk to a sick man? All I ask is, is that if anything should happen, you'll cremate me. <laughs> It'd be only fair if I did yeah. You burn me up <laughs> Just sprinkle my ashes on the icy sidewalk So folks won't slip <laughs> Sprinkle them everywhere but in front of Harpo's house <laughs> Don't talk that way <laughs> Oh dear, now I wonder who that is Come right in, Doctor. I think McGee's much better. Yes, I see. But just my own satisfaction, Mr. McGee, I've brought along a consultant, Dr. Boomer. Doctor, uh, Mrs. McGee. How do you do, I'm sure? How do you do, Mrs. McGee? <laughs> Hi, Doc. Be quiet, you. Mm. I'm glad to know you, I'm sure. That is quite sure, anyway. Uh, where's the patient? Right here, Doc. Where? Here, Dad Rabbit. I'm the patient. <clears throat> is that right, Doctor? Yes, Doctor. That's right. Uh, would you say he had a spastic recompression of the lateral dorsic? Well, now, Doctor, I don't know. Notice the reflex combustion of the medulla oblongata. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Quite restricted, Doctor. Oh, definitely restricted, Doctor. Shall we test his reflexes? Might be a good idea, Doctor. Have you a hammer, my good woman? Hey, hey, wait a minute. What do you want a hammer for? Mm. Looks like it's tapped for you, McGee. <laughs> I'll get your hammer right away, Doctor. Hey, listen here, you two plumbers. If you think you're going to play knock-knock with me, you got another... Interesting case here. Interesting case, Doctor. Pathologically, an outstanding case of reverted appendectomy. With just a slight prolapse of the upper carbohydrate. <laughs> is, uh, is that serious, Doctor? That all depends. It all depends. Isn't that what you'd say, Doctor? Yes, Doctor. It all depends. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad it ain't anything definite. <laughs> Here's the hammer, Doctor. It's a little heavy, but the only one I could mm. find. Do you need a chisel? Not till the first of the month, madam. <laughs> <laughs> now then, McGee, put your feet over the edge of the bed. All right, but, but what are you... I mean... What's the hammer for? It's to test your reflexes, if you must know. You know, McGee. You cross your legs and they hit your knee with a hammer, and if your foot jerks, you're all right. Yes, yes. And the hammer can also be used as a mild anesthetic, if you know what I mean. 
Uh, cross your knees, my boy. That's it. Shall I tee off, doctor? <laughs> it's your honor, doctor. Thank you. Watch this, madam. Very interesting. <laughs> no reflex. Let me try it, doctor. Four. Gee, did you have to kick the bulb out of the chandelier? I couldn't help it. Very fine reaction, Doctor. But you know, I think we might try a safe talk outside with her. Yes, either that or perhaps a safe... Oh, huh. Okay, okay, just so you don't... <laughs> now, hold still. Just hold still. This won't hurt much. Well... Hey, hey, what did you do to me? We just gave you a spinal puncture. You'll be all right in the morning. Hmm. Well, heavenly days, I'm glad they're gone. Did they hurt you, McGee? Oh, I don't know. I'm so numb, I can't tell. Hey, where's my other arm? Under the pillow, eagerness. <laughs> Give me that hammer. Maybe it's them back again. Well, if it is, I'll just... Mrs. Wearybottom. Come right in, Mrs. Wearybottom. We were just talking about you, Mrs. Wearybottom. McGee, you'll never guess who's here. Mrs. Wearybottom. How did you know? <laughs> Sit down, Weary. Oh, thank you. I thought I'd drop in and see how you were and maybe cheer you up a little bit, Mr. McGee, before the worst happens. Because if the worst happens and you never know in a case like this, I'd never forgive myself. <laughs> I tried to make my brother's last moments cheerful, but my goodness, there's so little a body can do. My, those are real gaudy pajamas you got on. <laughs> I like them real well, I think. Yeah. Right. They look just like the ones my brother had before he was took off with the same thing you got, only he looks a lot better than you do. <laughs> Well, I'll have to be going if there's anything I can do. Don't hesitate to call me. Nice to see you, Mr. McGee. I hope you get along all right, but you never can tell, can you? Goodness, do I need a manicure. <laughs> Heavenly days. I never spent such a Monday in my life. Monday? Is this Monday? Certainly. Hey, this is bank night at the movies. Where's my socks? Where's my pants? Where's your brains? Go back to bed. Oh, I'll get it. Hello? Hello. Beverly there? I'm speaking, bud. Make it snappy. I gotta get over to bank night. Oh, no, you don't. This is the manager of the issue. You won $700 on the night drawing. Yippee! But you don't get it because you were not in the theater. Ah. So, Mr. McGee, we're, we're sending you a consolation prize. Fine. What is it? Two dozen cans of chicken soup.
McGee, it's a good thing we had a first-class doctor. What do you mean, a first-class doctor? <laughs> that guy thinks a rigid diet is a plank steak. <laughs> isn't it wonderful, though, that so many sick people listen to me on the radio? <laughs> you mean, isn't it wonderful how many people listening to you on the radio get sick? <laughs> good night. Good night, all. <laughs> Carla Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wife and inviting you to be with us next week at this same time. Until then, good night. We'll tune all fair and love and wars from the gold diggers of 1937. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company. WMAQ, the Chicago Daily News Station. Tickets are available for the 11 o'clock Fibber McGee broadcast. If you would like to attend one of these late performances, Write to the Johnson Program in care of WMAQ, Chicago.